All right, welcome to another episode of the Yogi Artist Talk Show, where we talk about all things yoga, spirituality, and motherhood. So today we have the pleasure of interviewing Misty Johnson, who is the wife and partner of our previous episode, Jennifer Johnson. Hi, Misty. Hello. How are you? <laughs> Good. So tell us about how yoga, spirituality, and motherhood weave into your everyday life. Well, two out of three really hit it. Um, <laughs> we don't really practice yoga in the house, but actually I was about to start yoga right before the coronavirus. I found a studio um, and I was really interested in it and I became more interested on my own because of my meditation. I was meditating every day and I found that naturally when I meditate, if I let myself go, I'll start doing movements and breath, which sounds a little odd perhaps, but um, then I, I joined it. And I was like, maybe I should go to yoga and make these two meet. That makes I sense. love it. Yes. And that's not odd at all. Did you okay. know that yoga as we know it is just one branch of yoga? So the physical practice is just one <laughs> branch of yoga and the breath work and meditation are other branches of yoga. So you're already doing yoga. Congrats. I'm clapping. Yay. Yeah. I guess I don't to go. I'll go. I'll go. <laughs> that is awesome. So you are a massage therapist. Tell us a little bit more about that. I am. I've been a massage therapist uh, since 2006. I actually got into massage as a cover for energy work. Um, I didn't feel that you could just go out and be an energy worker and be taken seriously. Perhaps maybe now a little bit more, but in 2006, not so much. So I went to massage school, and um, when I started, I did a lot of energy work, but then I figured out that I couldn't do, I couldn't see that many clients daily and keep up that work. Yeah. So I switched to a chronic pain focus. Mm -hmm. So over my career, um, I specialize in chronic pain. Like if you have migraines or low back pain, even... Um, plantar fasciitis, I can hook you up, we can get it fixed. But uh, my main real work, and I still do it slightly, is energy work. So tell us about what is energy work, what does that mean to you, and how does that look like in your practice? Um, a lot of professional energy workers use Reiki, which is a totally um acceptable form actually the most popular form of energy work is probably reiki you can go learn it um anyone anyone can do it i actually don't use reiki i did go to a class um and that's when i found out that it wasn't the same energy line that i was using when i did my energy work mm. so i noticed a difference though everything i did during the class worked mm -hmm. reiki works but I use a different energy line. I see you looking at me. You're like, talk to me more. I'm into, yeah, tell me more. Tell me more. So um, I am Christian, and you talked to my wife in the previous episode, and she didn't go further into that. We do identify as Christian, um, and we are Christian, but I'm a big believer in the Holy Spirit. 
And people attribute, attribute that word to all kinds of things, you know, just depending on the individual. But for me, the Holy Spirit is actually the divine spark or presence within your heart chakra. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I very mm-hmm. much relate to that. That is, that embodies what that means to me too. So I very much relate to that. Yes. Yeah, so that's actually how I do all of my uh, energy work and all of my actual physical career work, which is my career. I don't, I use it, but I don't use it to my full capabilities. I actually don't work in that field in the way I could. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but well, as, Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. I was just going to um, just talk about the, the Holy Spirit. That's, that's the energy I use. So the best way I can explain it is unconditional love, complete unconditional love. And when it's within a massage setting, it'll come through my hands, out my palms, into your body. And when you're on my table, I love you completely and unconditionally without judgment. And so that's the energy work line that I use, the Christ line. But that's just a word for it. It's an easy, you know, you, you have to put it in a box, but that's the box I use. Yes, that's the, that's the identifier that helps people connect with it because we meet people where they're at, right? So mm-hmm. I, it's so awesome that you approach it in a way of this is the work that I do, but this is the work that I really do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's... It is more acceptable to talk about now, yeah. but it didn't used to be. And sometimes clients will ask me at any time I'm asked, I give them the complete truth, but I, I will, I'll fill out where they are and I will give them my truth to their truth. Yes. Yes. So serving as that mirror for them and approaching it in a way that they can accept where they're at right now. Yes. Beautiful. Okay. So Tell me more about the spirituality concept and how that emerged from you. Like, when did you realize that you were spiritual? (laughs) Honestly, it probably started when I was about four, Mm -hmm. which, again, sounds a little bit odd, but... um, um, okay. You know, I would stand there in a room and I would look at my hands, actually. I still remember this. I would look at my hands like this and I would be like, this air around us isn't empty. And like, I would think about everything that was actually around us, though I didn't see it or anything. I knew that it was there. And so I'm 42 now and my entire life I've been on a quest to find out who I am and just uh, acquire knowledge. And sometimes my wife will say that's detrimental. Sometimes knowledge can be detrimental and just be yourself, you know? But I've also just tried to acquire knowledge to compare my thoughts and feelings and experiences to others to, um, to see if I, you know, I wasn't crazy, to tell you the truth. Everyone needs a little validation whether they want to think so or not. Yes. <laughs> you know? And it, it is what it is. And when you see seemingly healthy, normal, sane people who are all those things believe 
and have these experiences, you're like, oh, okay, maybe this is real. And then the truth is, is science is backing up everything in the spiritual community. There's not one thing that science is not backing up, actually. And the people who know that are like, ha, huh, I told you so. Yeah. But, you know, they don't, they don't publicize this information. You have to go find it. Is it secret? No. no. But you have to be a seeker to even connect the spirituality and the science that's happening and then realize that they go together. Yes, I agree. But I am watching the awakening expand out more, especially in 2020, especially with, with what's going on right now with COVID-19 and quarantine. I am watching this awakening unfold in such a massive way. And I'm I getting chills. I'm getting chills. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. Like, I feel my whole body is like tingling <laughs> as we're talking. And it's, um, I think. I believe, and what I understand from my research is that the the human race, the people, we used to be more connected with the spirit, with the land, with the different cycles of, you know, the moon, of how the world just works, and that was something that we forgot, and now we're coming back to. So I don't think spirituality is, a, a, you know, a new fad or a concept. It is something that has always been and we forgot and now we're coming back and normalizing it back into our lives. I totally agree. And I will, I will say that I'm actually here for you. I heard your voice on your first interview. My wife was listening to it. I heard you. I just heard you talk. And then my wife was like, I'm going to do an interview for her. And I was like, well, sign me up. Cause I am too. And uh, I'm here for the awakening. So that's why I'm here with you. I love that. Thank you so much for being here. And honestly, <laughs> I have to share like the response from me posting that first episode has been yeah. just amazing and so encouraging. And like, yeah. I have this, you know, thing that anytime I start something new, I'm like, oh my God, what are people going to think? Are they going to participate? Are you going to be here for it? And the response mm -hmm. I received from day one has been like, Yes, the people want this. So thank you for being here. No, you're so welcome. You're a great person and you deserve it. And thank you for making the show. Yay. And you'll continue to have a great response. I'm sure of it. Thank you, Misty. Okay, so you're tell me how you know energy work and spirituality, how that comes into your life as a parent. Um honestly, right now I I don't do it on a daily basis. The, the thing that pops in my mind the most is I try to be present with our daughter. And I think that's like the most important thing for any human um, to do is just try to be present, which is the most difficult thing to do, actually. <laughs> um, but I feel like that's probably the greatest gift I can give her is to be present with her. So that's how I see energy work right now coming into play with Delaney. That's, that's beautiful. And um, we actually have an episode that hasn't aired yet, but I also did record earlier today where um, I talked to a nanny and that was essentially what she was talking about is being present with 
the children. And oftentimes when you are like busy or frustrated and they want your attention and you're like, not right now, that is mm -hmm. exactly the time to drop down to their level and be present with them because it's medicine for them as much as it is a medicine for us, that connection. It, it, it is, and I'll go a little further with it for you. Um, so this is how I see it at least, okay? You can, people can believe it or not, but the, sci the science is there as well. When you're present in the moment, your time slows down. Have you noticed that? Yeah. Like you can actually kind of use time travel here in the present just as in if you're thinking about the past, time's gonna fly by. Future, it's gonna fly by. Present is when it slows down. <laughs> so I also, I, I tell people the idea of heaven and eternity, you know, that's like a foreign concept or like it's a concept up here people hold, but they don't think about like how it works. And it's basically the speed of light. So <laughs> as you approach the speed of light, use it like time slows down. So as you're in the moment and you're being more centered and living through your heart and your divine self, time will slow down because your vibration is higher and closer to the light spectrum of, the, of that world, of that dimension. Did that make sense? Yes, absolutely. I'm, I'm totally with you. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, basically it's just like the absence of light is where we are, but being present in the moment is where we can capture the divine feeling and the divine spark. Guys, um, I have followed some people that talk about heaven and hell being on earth, right? They're not these boring <laughs> concepts. It's not something that only happens when you die or before you're born. They are states of being, right? You can be alive right now as you are and feel like you're living in hell. And on the other yeah. end of the spectrum is you can be like alive right now as you are and feeling like you're living in heaven. It is a choice. It's an energetic choice. And yes. coupled with the work that goes along with maintaining this reality, creating the reality around you. But that's the shift that everyone's talking about, as you know is moving i i call the shock i i don't usually say the shockers names i give them numbers i talk in numbers usually about them okay <laughs> so i always just say moving to the fourth mm -hmm. so uh getting humanity mostly to the fourth is the goal to the whole situation and that's where when you can live from your heart that's when the world changes Okay, when you said that, I just had this epiphany. Okay, well, let me see if I can put this together into words. Okay, so you know how we talk about dimensions, second dimension, yeah. third dimension, fourth dimension. Uh -huh. What if we align that with the chakra system? Because you said moving to the fourth, and the first thing yeah. that came into my mind was moving to the fourth dimension. And the fourth dimension is all about living from the heart space and that true, unconditional love. So my mind just went, Oh, there's another connection. Yeah, it's the like the fourth, the fourth is like the the first level of heaven. Yes, that I mean that totally makes sense because 
you are living in unconditional love, unconditional bliss. There is no need, there's no room for, you know, judgment, for comparison. You just are as you are, and others are as they are, and you live in this beautiful harmony. That totally makes sense. Yeah, I'll go a little, a little further for you with it. Yes. Yeah. Since we're there. So, going to the fourth means over, I don't want to say overcoming, because there's nothing wrong with our complete system in our human body there's zero wrong with it and we need our like lower chakras for reproduction for feeling just to be human and alive like they are a part of us yeah but they also represent the ego and the the animal self so it's yeah like just the human body self basically so it's overcoming the ego or service to self and choosing service to others is the shift. It's so beautiful. And in choosing service for others, we're also learning to actually serve ourselves in a healthier manner, I guess. Um, because it's it's really easy to come into you know greed, addiction, flaw, flaw when you are only living in those lower chakras, when you're disconnected from the others. And I think as you come into connection with all the chakras, coming into alignment with all the different parts of you, it is easier to live in that flow balance state where you realize that showing up for others means first showing up for yourself but in a healthier, more nourishing way. Oh, I, I totally agree with you. Totally agree with you. And earlier you had mentioned the world was waking up and we had been asleep, you know, for thousands of years from the original spot. But I, my perspective on it as well is we're always capable as humans here on earth to do any of these things, no matter what year it is or where we are on the timeline. The fact that other people also know this knowledge and keep it to themselves and use it to make humans subservient. Okay, this knowledge has not been, I mean, it's hidden, but it has existed and it's always existed. And the way it's existed is down lines and in communities that keep it to themselves. And I don't actually believe in that. I believe it to be open and free, and I believe in truth and freedom. But the information's always been there. But once you have the information, it's very easy to control others who do not. I just saw a cartoon meme on Instagram a few days ago. And it was uh, cartoon aliens. And mm -hmm. it was two panels. And the first panel, it said, why humans no use telepathy? And in the second panel, the, the other alien answered, because they have much to hide from each other. And I was like, <laughs> I mean, that, that's true. If you, I mean, if you, <laughs> if you operate in the telepathy space, there's like rules and etiquette, mm -hmm. but all can be known. And actually all is known. So there's that. We, we live under the assumption that, <laughs> yes. that, you're, that you're the only one that knows what's going on in here, and that's not true. 
So there's that. <laughs> Tell me more. Expand on that. Oh, I mean, I don't even know where to go with that. Um, I do have a big secret, but uh, about a month and a half ago, I did do a, a, a recorded interview for the first time, and I came out with a secret. And I, I yes, so let me hear with you. Um, so here we go. You ready? Yes. <laughs> um, trying to put it into words for you. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you know you have spiritual mediums, and I, I use this word to try to like make people just kind of understand a little bit how it is. Um, you have a spiritual medium that says they talk to deceased people, or this or that. So I actually do something else. I talk to living people. Mm -hmm. Are you following me? Are you, like, you're good with it? <laughs> oh, girl. <laughs> I am way out there. Like, it's okay. difficult to okay. shock me or confuse me. Okay, so, like, all I need is a name, and I will ac access them on another dimension, and I will talk to your true self. That's what I do. Absolutely. I, 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 don't, um, I don't see clients. Like, I don't do this for a living. I don't do any of that. But I... It, I can do that, and I do do it for certain people. No, but I do have rules. Sorry, finish. No, no, go ahead. You ask me a question. I was just gonna say you can you can have the energetic conversation. It is no longer necessary to just be you know face to face sharing a space where we can hear each other like through the vocal cords. You're having an energetic conversation in that mm -hmm. plane in that space. Yes, and like the only trick to it, well, I mean, there's a lot of tricks to it, but I would say like if I was telling people, one of the tricks is they, you have to have control over your ego while you're in that space because your ego is the filter for the translation. So you automatically know how to translate the vibrations because it is vibrations even though you may not feel them. You know, it's, a, it's the waves and you are processing them into words here on earth if you're talking to someone telling them what's going on but if your ego is not in check and suppressed the message won't be clear yeah. and i look i look at prophets the same way if you look at religious text you can see some prophets were more clear than others speaking Honestly, of religious texts and interpretation yeah. That's all it is, right? Is it's an interpretation of a translation of something yeah. of of energy that is mm -hmm. being transcribed into human words. Exactly. It. I mean, from the original feeling down to they put it on paper, and then someone else decided to change it two hundred years later, and this and this and this. But it all boils down to that original text is the human ego translating it or yeah. lack thereof absolutely so yeah. in in yoga um i study into hinduism and the lineages of how yoga came to be so mm -hmm. it is it is believed it is studied that the physical aspect of yoga the postures like yoga as we know it in the western world right the postures they came later and mm -hmm. they are to condition the body so that you are able to sit in meditation for hours 
and to mm-hmm. receive these downloads, receive these messages from the mm-hmm. source, from your spirit guides, whatever your understanding is. So mm-hmm. yoga really is connecting to the source and yoga means to join, to bind, to yoke. It comes from the root word to yoke. So really mm-hmm. all yoga is, is connecting all of you to all of mm-hmm. you. Because you mm-hmm. are source, you are this experience, and you are mm-hmm. source. That mm-hmm. I sorry, I could dive <laughs> into. No, no, no I, I'm totally in it, and I'm like listening to you. And I wanted to add in actually, also like when you go into meditation, your brain waves switches to theta, which is like food for the brain, but it's also been reduced, like shown to reduce stress. Um, and here's something super interesting. I want to leave you with this nugget. And I did receive this information in meditation. And then I looked up to see scientifically if there was anything to it. And there is. So the theta state or that frequency can, it like shatters bacteria and viruses. Do you feel me? Yeah, absolutely. I've done a lot of, um, Studying and participating in gong meditations, um, mm-hmm. nidra, just different uh, states that literally vibrate yourself and change your anatomy and DNA. Yeah, I mean, that's what it's about. But, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's where we are with it. And um, I hope more people find out about it, honestly. Like, that's why I'm here talking to you right now. It's just to open people up to the, uh, the idea of the all that is. That is amazing. Thank you so, so much for coming on for the talk. And it's where every interview I do is so different in its own beautiful, unique way. And I'm so appreciative for it. Do you have yes. any final thoughts? for our listeners? I don't have any final thoughts, except just try to be present in the moment. Like really just stop. And it's difficult. I know it's difficult. I know the brain is spinning. The thoughts are here and everywhere. And it may not be easy at first. And you may only be able to do it once a day, honestly. But um, just try to be present in the moment, even for yourself, even if it's not with anyone else, but just with yourself. And you'll find if you can be there in the present, there's no stress and you're happy every single time. And I always put a stipulation unless like you're in an abusive situation. I mean, there's like, you know, there's some, there's some things, parameters, but in everyday normal life, if you can be present in the moment, you will be happy. And I'll promise you that. Thank you so much, Misty. And thank you to our listeners for joining us for another episode. And if you would like to be interviewed on this talk show, we talk about all things yoga, spirituality, and motherhood. And you don't have to be into any of those things. We still want to hear (laughs) your opinion and your perspective. Um, If you enjoyed listening to Misty, I will link her Instagram in the episode description. I will link my Instagram and Facebook so you guys can connect with both of us. And thank you again. And namaste. Have a beautiful day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Have a great day.